Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of the Tarot Coloring Book and your host for this podcast series. This is episode 121 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is Boundaries for Tarot Readers. And my special guest is Sarah Berry, also known as Psychic Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Hi, Teresa. Lovely to be here. Glad to have you here. Yeah. Yay. So before I, yeah, before we jump in to boundary stuff, I'd just first of all like to acknowledge that the land that I'm on right now that I'm doing this podcast from, and I'm on Gadigal land. So I live and work on the land of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and they are the traditional custodians of the land that I live and work upon. I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded upon this land or in all of the land that is known as Australia, and I pass pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. And I also extend that respect to all Indigenous elders past, present, emerging on all the lands in all the nations of the people who are listening to this podcast right now. Thank you. Yay. Thank you. So let's just, let's start off by discussing what boundaries are. How would you describe boundaries? I would describe boundaries as kind of energetic kind of markers, which allow you to have space between you and another person um, in this context within, between ourselves and a client just so that you only give what you want to give and only receive what you want to receive. And so that whenever the, and I, we can usually tell when our boundaries are being crossed, when we feel a sense of discomfort, when a rec- people make a request or a demand of us, and if we're experiencing discomfort, then it's usually because that request or demand has crossed our boundaries and we need to do something to um, change that. So can you yeah. tell me about a time maybe when your boundaries really felt crossed? Oh, yeah. Gosh, there's been so many. (laughs) (laughs) It's like every day. um, uh, Well, if I think, okay, I'm thinking, because I've been getting better at boundaries over the years as a professional tarot reader, and I guess first noticing it in the beginning when uh, clients wanted to be my friend. Mm. And so at the end of a reading, they might just say, oh, hey, I'd like to, you know, and, you know, sometimes there have been like sleazy things that have happened, but these were just like not sleazy, just like genuinely, oh, yeah, they think that they like me and they'd like to be my friend now and wanting to invite me to some gig or to some party that they're having and noticing that, you know, that I had a little discomfort because that was not the arrangement that I had with them. The arrangement was me as a professional and them as my client and, and really they knew nothing about me really from that time because I was just there for them the whole time. So they'd kind of made some transference. So that's probably the first time that I started noticing my boundaries getting crossed as a tarot reader. Yeah. And I think that's a really common one for tarot readers, you know, uh, because when we're with a client, we are fully present for them. And Mm. I think some people then, you know, interpret that as, well, now we're buddies. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's yeah it's a big thing and look I totally respect that you know if you say not doing it professionally and maybe living in a small town and you know there's not many people around and you know it maybe you know you can afford to be a little bit more relaxed with your boundaries but then I guess it depends on how you're setting yourself up as a as a practitioner as a professional but for me personally, I live in a very busy city. I mean, Sydney is by far like one of, you know, so not as busy as many cities around the world, but it is the busiest, most populated 
city in all of Australia and I'll see a lot of people and, you know, it's I've got community. I'm very blessed to have amazing communities that I'm a part of, that I choose to be a part of, so I'm not looking to my clients to extend my friendship base. I'm looking to be there as a I, – I, I get it that sometimes people might think, my clients might think I'm like a friend to them, and, and in fact, when I'm with my clients, I am treating them. I'm just as warm and as compassionate to them as I would be any of my friends. However, the the – the structure is different. Like it's, it's totally about them. I'm there as a professional. I'm there. They're seeking advice from me. They're paying me, you know, it's a very different setup. So, and even though sometimes people who are my friends will come and book in for a reading when I'm there with them, I'm not assuming that I know anything about them. Like I might know that they, they've just broken up with someone or they're changing their job, but I don't assume that, I, that that's what they want to talk about, you know, and I just maintain that in a very distinct way. I don't talk about their reading outside of that particular space. Like if they see me in a professional context, I'm in professional mode. And then when I'm in friend mode, then they see me in my slightly more silly, you know, unprofessional state. <laughs> right on. Yeah. yeah. So what are, I mean, that's a really common boundary issue, but what are some of the other common boundary issues that you think tarot readers or that you know tarot readers deal with? On a regular basis? I think it's uh, having to do with people wanting emergency readings, that that can be a massive, <laughs> like <laughs> your eyebrows went up, it's like, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Um, being, and also like making the transition from new, like newbie to tarot readings. So first of all, doing lots of free readings for your friends and family. And then when you make the step to pro having to educate those friends and family that you know now this is your paid work and so you're not going to be available to do like free readings and to pull a few cards um I've mentioned the clients being friends um just checking with yourself how often you want to be able to see certain clients like you know that you you know for me personally I say wait at least six to eight weeks and then usually people wait at least a few months mm-hmm. once every six months once a year or they just be on my birthday or the new year whatever like that um but I don't want to see clients a week every week or every two weeks it's or every healthy. three weeks no no and particularly for the way that I work it doesn't give time for things to unfold and for them to trust their own instinct and to you know to start to just let life happen right you know yeah well, the, the, the saying is a, watch, a watched pot never boils. Yes. <laughs> and that's true with tarot. Watch tarot reading yeah. never percolates. You've got to like yeah. give it space to breathe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, let's give some really wise advice for some issues. So yes. what would be your advice on how to handle a freebie request? Someone shows up in your inbox, they're yep. begging for a free reading. How do yep. you handle that? I just send them say hi thank you for your interest in my work here's a link to my website um, I give them basically the booking at uh, book a tarot reading page which lists all my rates they so equal find my rates and you know I've been doing and I might mention uh, okay for in my case I've been doing full-time tarot for coming up to 16 years it's like I've been doing this for, for a long time now and if you want to find a free tarot reading you know you can there are free tarot reading forums on the internet where you can get that service so, and then I just leave it at that. Sometimes I do, there is a bit more of a interplay depending on how up for it I am, but really not. Um, yeah, I did actually find, because sometimes I save those conversations just to remind myself of what I've dealt with in the past and how to mm-hmm. better respond to people. But 
just, yeah, just the most outrageous requests that people have made sometimes and really ignoring every single boundary. If people continue to say, please, please, like, look, I just say, I have no qualms in saying, look, there are plenty of other tarot readings. If you want a tarot reading today or a free tarot reading, you know, I'm not kind of going to throw, you know, ask these people for a free tarot reading. I'd never do that. I suggest the online forums for that. But if they're wanting a tarot reader, like right now, for example, like an emergency reading, I say, look, you can try these shops. Um, they have lots of readers there. There might be someone available to see you today. So I always I'm, have no qualms in, you know, just basically making sure that they know they've got other options and that I'm not the, the only point of call. Right on. I do the yeah. same thing. I always refer yeah. them to the free networks. Yes, yes. And there's there so are many. free networks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are. I mean, and you can even join these Facebook tarot groups and, and trade readings with people. There's lots of ways for them to get free services. Yes. So what about this one? Mm-hmm. Somebody sends you an email and they're like, could you help me interpret this reading I just did? And they send you a six-card reading and they want you to interpret <laughs> it for them. Yeah, I, I would say you are more than welcome to book in for reading these my hours and these my rates. Let, let me know and we can discuss this reading during those times. That's yeah. brilliant advice. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. So what do you do with a client who they got a reading from you yes. and then they write back and they're like, well, I'm really confused. I would like some follow-up questions mm-hmm. and they don't want to pay for it. Oh, okay. Well, um, they've got to pay. <laughs> <laughs> what I do say, because, okay, so the vast majority of my um, practice is face-to-face readings. Um, there's a lot of people in Sydney, so that, um, yeah, that serves me well. And so most people I see face-to-face. I do offer email readings and Skype and phone readings as well. Um, so if someone has sent me face-to-face, for example, and they want a follow-up reading, I, I direct them to my email readings where they're um, much shorter, like a five-minute reading, a ten-minute reading. They're a lot cheaper than um, face-to-face, and say you're welcome to, you know, contact me. And just I just suggest that they sit in it for a couple of weeks, and then you know if they still need some clarification, to book an email reading with me, and that won't set them out of pocket as much as the in-person reading. And that way, they're also still respecting your time because yes. those email readings take a lot of time. They do. Yeah, I think they take yeah. a lot of time. At least when I used to do email readings, they always took a lot of time. Mm, mm. so they became a real energy suck for me yeah totally I mean I I used to do email readings uh typing them out and now I just do them so I give it a length on my website and so it's a five minute reading basically I'm talking into my digital recorder for five minutes and I send them the file along with a photo of the tarot spreads from the reading and but it's still even though like that that kind of really helped me save time because I'm a faster talker than I am a typer me too um yeah, yeah, so that meant they could probably get more in that time as well. But, you know, there is a certain setup. I've got to, you know, take the photo. I've got to kind of just sit there and be chill. So it takes more than five minutes. A five-minute reading takes a bit more because I've also got to send the file and send the, the photo to my laptop and so I can send that and make sure it's edited. Well, I don't put too much effort into that, but just make sure there's no kind of weird stuff in the corners. But, you know, it takes time. So, yeah, there does need to be a distinct boundary around that kind of stuff. So what about when you, since you said you see people in person, what yes. do you do is when, let's say you have a client, the, the reading's finished mm-hmm. and they want to linger, they want to like, you know, take their time leaving and ask more mm-hmm. questions as they're going out the door. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that? Well, I have several tactics. Usually what I try to do, or pretty much what I always do is when I'm, I keep an eye on the clock 
and I'll let them know when they're the final five minutes or we've just got a few minutes left. Let's just pull you one more card. So I'm already kind of indicating that we're winding up. Um, I do different things with my body language. I um, kind of might, I don't get up necessarily straight away, but I push my chair back and I sit on an angle to them and then I'll be reaching for, and then I say things like, okay, you're paying by cash or card today, you know, and then I'll reach and get that stuff. And if I'm going to send them the recordings, okay, what's your email? So I'm already trying to, I'm doing lots of different things that are kind of breaking up that more deep, intense space, personal space that we've been having. And then if they're still not getting it, then I stand up and say, okay, well, thank you for coming. <laughs> it's lovely to meet you. Good luck with everything. All the best. I go to the door, I open the door and I'm just kind of standing there and I'm just saying things like, you know, just find the steps on the way down. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> I mean, it'll be different for everyone because you've got a different setup, but you know, right. I do have to say mine your steps because it is kind of like ladder like stairs to lead into my office. So yeah, but just, you just think of all the different, um, body languages, things you can do, talk about money if they haven't already paid. Um, or you can say, look, I'm really sorry, but I do have someone waiting. And usually that is the case for me. Someone will be coming very soon. And even if it's not, that's, you know, you are not available right now. So the person who's waiting is you, <laughs> you right. your appointment that you've got with your kettle and for a cup of tea or with the bathroom or f- with your lunch break, whatever that is. Yeah, I'm always wise about having someone scheduled right after. So there's no time for yes. that. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it's a really good thing to do. So what about a client who acts inappropriate? Like, let's say they're wanting to hit on you, try to date Mm. you. Mm. Now, how do we handle that boundary? Yeah, look, that's usually when people see very stern psychic Sarah. (laughs) And, you know, it's like, oh, she's so sweet and kind of say, yeah, you just haven't, you know, (laughs) done something really horrendous. So you haven't seen that fiercer side of me. And... Okay. I have been fortunate. I know that you had shared, Teresa, some like a pretty full-on story mm-hmm. of a man behaving inappropriately for you. Fortunately, that has never happened for me, but, you know, hey, it could. You know, it's likely that it could. I have had um, male clients via email afterwards just kind of insinuating, like, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it was great to have a reading from someone as beautiful as yourself or blah, 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 blah. And, um, I usually either ignore it, A, if mm-hmm. it's, if it's by email, I ignore it. Or if I respond, um, I just keep it incredibly professional. Don't address what they have just said at all. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I do mention that I have a wife, <laughs> um, you know, it's, but I don't think that, I mean, that kind of sucks though, cause you shouldn't have to mention that you have a partner in order to, address that kind of issue um and not everyone has a partner nor do they want a partner so that can't always be the appropriate course of action but I also I have actually finished readings early before I mean it wasn't because someone was being um sexual towards me but because they were behaving inappropriately like they were shouting at me whatever so Uh what I will do is say this reading is over and you're going to leave now and, and I do get my stern voice on and I do make sure that they are aware that there is, there is no room for them to contest that. The reading is over and they're not going to receive anything more. And I would like to think that that's what I would do if um, someone was behaving sexually inappropriate with me, that I would say this is completely inappropriate behaviour and you have to leave right now. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and I will also make sure they pay me before they go because I don't want to have to. <laughs> I'm not, I don't offer that service for free if that's what they're going to be, yeah. how they're going to behave. I mean, look, of course, if you want someone just to go, then yeah, go without the money, whatever. But 
um, it has taken up your time. And I think, yeah, people need to know that that kind of behavior is completely intolerable. Yeah. And yeah. and you you mentioned someone yelling. I mean, I think that, you know, from time to time, and it's rare that that's ever happened to me, but yes. somebody gets mad. Maybe they don't like the reading. They, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and that can be really intimidating. You know, if you mm-hmm. have somebody who's coming at you and they're being yeah. really aggressive, what is your advice? I would say, first of all, um, don't be afraid to fire them, whether you're working privately for yourself or you've got, um, you work from a clinic, you know, and I remember that was something that I had to discuss when I was working in the clinic. I just needed to feel safe that I could actually refuse to see clients and that was okay. Because of course, if they're getting a commission, then, you know, that affects their business as well if I'm refusing someone. So, but I would check in with them and if they're like, no, if anyone's behaving inappropriately, absolutely get them out of the store. We don't want them here. And if you're at a shop where they don't support you in that, it's time to look for somewhere else to work because your safety is paramount much more than their dollars. (laughs) You should not have to deal with that kind of stuff so that they can make a few dollars. Um, so there is that just making sure that you've got permission from the, you know, the clinic that you work from to be able to set up that kind of boundary, but for yourself, just knowing, you know, checking with yourself, knowing, you know, you, this is not what you're here for. You're not here to tolerate this kind of behavior. So just to be quite strong and say, this is not appropriate behavior. The reading's over right now. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I do not want you know, to, I don't come here to be shouted at. This reading is over. Mm-hmm. You've got to go. Or even to, and even to say this is not appropriate behaviour, you know, just kind of get really clear, very stern, very strong. Something that unfortunately is something to have to consider as a, as a sole practitioner is what your worst-case scenario plan is. And yes. it's something that um, my, my wife requested I did when I started having my very own private office and also that my supervisor, who's a clinical psychologist, I started seeing her as a therapist when I was 24 and I transitioned to seeing as a supervisor for the last, uh, since I was about 27, 28, nearly 42, so quite some time now. And she wanted to make sure that I had a very, um, a, like a very good action plan, like what to do if someone's being threatening physical violence. Mm-hmm. And so, and it was very, very confronting to think about because you don't want to have to think about that kind of stuff, but yeah. it, it's, it's good. And as soon as I told them what my plan was, they're like, yep, yeah, cool. Not worried now. <laughs> like they know that I've thought out, okay, what are things that I can do physically to make sure that I can be safe in my own office? Like, and thinking about things like where is your table in um, relation to the door? Um, you know, what can you throw, <laughs> you know, you know, what, you know, what do you have, you know, that, you know, are there other people in the office? Do you, can you have a system with them? I know that my supervisor said, because she works in a building, like in a, con- it's a house that's converted into offices. Mm-hmm. So the walls, um, basically they could hear if someone was shouting. So they have a very specific signal that they have. If someone shouts certain words, then they know that that means that person's in trouble and to like to, for the other practitioners to stop their session and to go in and give assistance. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Making tarot readings sound like this really intense. Well, you know, <laughs> most, <laughs> most of the time it's not. Most of the time it's actually no, it, 
pretty pleasant. People are coming for help. They're coming because they're looking for guidance. And it's really rare that you're going to come across that. But, you know, I've been in my business 30 years, and I've had some really extreme circumstances. So boundaries is something that I think is so important because my goal, you know, as I get closer towards retirement age is to make sure that I'm educating younger readers so that they do not end up in situations that I've been in. Yes, yes. That's why this stuff is important conversation. Yeah, it's really important. And I've noticed that I've started to get younger tarotists coming to me too. Just And, and it's it's great just to be able to give them the heads up about things to consider and hopefully they never have to consider those yep. things. But being aware of them means that you're less likely to get in um, hair-raising situations yep. and not having to take on board clients that are actually really quite difficult. And if you're working in a shop and all the other tarotists refuse to see a particular client to – to recognize that that's a, that's a red flag. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I was starting out, I was 25 and I, I love that there are so many more younger tarot readers right now. Um, but back when I was starting out, it was very rare for there to be other younger tarot readers such as mm-hmm. myself, at least, you know, where I was. And in the shops that I was working from, so I was 25, I think the next age up was in, you know, mid-40s and was 50s yeah. and 60s. So I did stand out and I looked like a teenager. I had a shaved head. I wasn't what people were expecting. And I was really trying to prove myself to prove that I was allowed to be there at, at that age. And so sometimes I think I, well, I know I took on board situations that I didn't need to in yeah. order to, you know, show that I was good enough or ready for it. But really, I didn't have to put myself through that. Yeah. And, you know, I often took on people that I shouldn't have either. But my reason behind that is I thought I had to. Like, you know, you're in business, the customer's always right. You have to serve them. And you know what? Learning that I didn't have to was a really empowering thing. It's like, no, I don't have Mm -hmm. to work with this person. Or Mm. I think when you're in business long enough, you also start to become very clear on what type of people you don't like to work with. Yes. Yes. And when you're clear on that, And this is one of my tips that I like to say for people. If you want to prevent boundary issues in the first place, be clear on what you're not going to put up with. And you need Mm -hmm. to have a website and put that up on your website in your policy section. You know, I state very clearly, I do not like working with obsessed types. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like working with people who are rude or abusive in any way. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things I say on there also, if you want to dicker with me about my prices, we're done dancing immediately. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> because I don't like that. If you're gonna yeah. haggle, this is not a this is not a haggling business, you know. Yeah. But stating it out loud and putting it in a place where people can read it, I mm. think that really does help to say this is what I'm all about. And oftentimes if it is someone who's a little creepy, they might think twice about wanting to work with you then. Absolutely. I highly recommend being coming across as quite strict and almost intense in the policy and ethics and how you do and don't work because the people who really want to work with you will love that. Like I get people that I know, um, you know, sometimes every now and then someone will say, oh, look, I've read your policy and ethics and I've decided that I don't want to see you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, great, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, and then but so often I'll get people who come and say, I read your policy and ethics and I was like, wow, this woman's got boundaries. I really yeah. want to work with her. You know, they love it because I know for myself, I love it when I know what people's boundaries are. Like it, it means that we get to have a really respectful communication. I know that they're there totally for me, that they're not like rolling their eyes inwardly, like at the questions that I yeah. ask. So when everyone's got good boundaries, it just, everyone gets a better reading, I think. And the tarot mm-hmm. gets a better experience as well. Well, yeah, absolutely. And if I get a reading from someone, I want them to think I'm a great client. 
Yes, yes. I would walk away having them say, oh, my God, I hope the tarot lady comes back here again. Yes. (laughs) You know, and I'm like that with anybody I do business with. If I hire anybody for anything, you know, I want them to have a good experience. I also say I want to be the dream client. Mm -hmm. So what? here's another thing, too. Okay. What do you do when people get mad when you raise your rates or change your policy? How would you handle that? Uh, You know what? Um... That's never actually happened to me, which is kind of weird. Because I have raised my rates before. I think, oh, no, I think vaguely, I think there was an experience some years ago. Someone hadn't seen me for a long, long time. And so and my rates had actually gone up probably quite significantly since the last time she'd seen me. And she was quite shocked at the price. And, and I just, I said, look, you know, this is market demand and you know my lines my prices are in line with um the current market rate for tarot readers it's like where i sit it's i'm not the cheapest but i'm by far not the most expensive Mm -hmm. and my prices are where they are um so that a i feel good about that like basically my my reading like for half an hour that's the minimum rate that I feel comfortable I feel good about like it's like yeah I'm happy to do a reading for that if it's less than I start to feel as if I'm giving too much too much for too little um and for people that don't like that I just you know point out that there are other readers shops that might do it slightly cheaper but really when I look around that like there's where I am on King Street Newtown I have my own private office there but there are um, a couple of other shops where there are readers and it's pretty much the same price Mm -hmm. so you know I I do always point out that where I sit financially within that lineup that I'm not the most expensive by far but but I'm not going to change it for anyone but I don't do that and and you know it's when I have because I used to have a real issue about my prices and I was really resistant to raising them it was part of the whole thing of being a young tarot reader and working alongside women and men that were like 20 30 years my senior and had a lot more experience and so I felt not quite right charging the same as them so that sometimes at I know one particular shop I was actually charging ten dollars less than all the other readers and mm-hmm. And then there was actually one really important day when a regular client had come and she's this amazing woman I haven't seen for years. She was quite elderly. I, you know, she was so beautiful and she had been given the price. This is when I was working in the clinic and she'd been given the price um, when she booked in. And then during that time, my prices went up by $10. And when she was about to pay, the receptionist came over to me and says, oh, do you mind if we just charge her as, as to what we said her the price was? Because you know, your rates have gone up, but, you know, she was actually quoted at the lower price. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. And the woman overheard and says, no, my darling, no, I want to pay what you're worth right now. And she says, you're worth so much more, darling, so much more. And just kind of, yeah, (laughs) having that experience made me realize to never feel guilty about what I offer as long as I feel comfortable about the price that I'm offering, then I'm asking other people to feel comfortable as well. And if they're not comfortable, then I'm no longer their reader. I agree. And got to go somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. You know, I had an experience like that too. Once um, I had a client come in and it's the only client I ever found that I was ever attracted to. So I always made sure whenever he, <laughs> you know, he, he's one of the people that I still see in person. I don't see people in person any longer, but uh, mm. very, very handsome. And so I always make sure I look very good when he comes, not because I want to be inappropriate, <laughs> but we want to make sure we look good. And he, I hadn't seen him for a while. And he, it came time to pay after the reading and he looked and I had a little sign there. He goes, did you raise your rates? And I said, yes. And I was worried for a second. 
And he yeah. said, it's about time. You need to double them. And then he, <laughs> he put down the rate and he put down this giant tip. And, wow. you know, having somebody treat you that way, just, mm. you know, I was just like more of those kinds of clients, people who really value and yes. respect me. Um, yes. I think that just feels so good. And it sets you up to really want to do a good job. Yeah. And absolutely. And it's important to remember, I think, um, that tarot reading isn't something you get every week anyway. So you're not asking people to shell out all this money every week. It's like maybe once a year, yep. once every two years, sometimes once every 10 years, <laughs> you know, yep. it, it's not like a super regular thing. So I guess realistically it is something that people can save up a little bit for if they want to. And yeah. And it's a lot cheaper than, say, I don't know, I haven't drunk alcohol for over a decade now, so I don't know, but I know it's very expensive. <laughs> so it's like, okay, well, that might be four or five, you know, or, you know, glasses of, you know, beer or it might be two cocktails depending on, you know, which yeah. fancy venue you're at. So it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm worth it. You know, it's just the clearer you get about your own personal worth and a lot easier it is to set those rates and to not change them for anyone. It's like a night out with the movies with popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> really not yes. that expensive yeah yeah it's very affordable <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so when is it right to fire a client and how do you fire a client what is your what is your this is going to be our last question what mm. is your recommendation on how to do that as gracefully as possible I mean sometimes it's not graceful how yeah but I, I'm sure people are going to come across this where you know as a reader at some point you're going to have to fire somebody what's yep. your advice uh in person or by email both okay <laughs> oh well, in person if it's in person it's usually because something very serious is going down and so it's usually not going to be that graceful I mean you can be graceful but like just that example I gave before when someone was shouting at me I just said look we're going to stop right now this reading is done and you're not going to book in again and you know then we left the room together so like that's that very clear kind of thing. Um, sometimes I'll get emails or text messages from people wanting to book in who might have no-showed or cancelled last minute and I'll just remind them every single time because I have my booking software, I've made a note that they no-showed and say, I noticed the last time you didn't show up so I'm not going to schedule you another time until you've made full payment. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then if, if it's via email and what, what I usually say, there's probably more room to be more graceful. So I look, I've been noticing that you want something very specific and I've come to realize it's not what I offer. So I would recommend you looking elsewhere, either another tarot reader or perhaps seeing a therapist or, mm-hmm. you know, just some other body work or someone who you can get a different kind of experience with. Cause I'm not convinced that this is the best format for you to get healing in at this time. That's beautiful. Mm. Really beautiful. You're still uh, letting them know there's other avenues that they can pursue. Yeah. Yeah. And you will need recommendations as a referrals rather as a tarot reader. Like I've got, um, naturopaths that I'll refer people on to and acupuncturists and psychologists and psychotherapists and massage therapists and you know yoga teachers and just make sure like look who's in your community look at the locals and who's doing really good work and be open enough to realize that sometimes you know you aren't the best person for them and or you can be a good person for them but they need someone else as well they need that extra level of support and and also 
find out because sometimes affordability is a thing for people. They can't be affording to go to lots of different practitioners and so see if there are places like uh, in Sydney, for example, there's places where they have um, clinics um, where people who are learning acupuncture can practice on clients and only cost like 20 bucks or something. Right. So it's a lot more affordable and, and be aware of the different um, Medicare rebates. I mean, uh, the the medical system in Australia and the US are not extraordinarily different. But for example, if you are experiencing anxiety or needing, you know, just having some kind of issue mentally and needing some extra support, if you get a referral from a GP, you are able to have 10 either free or reduced rate therapy sessions with a clinical psychologist. Um, so there are just to be aware of the different ways in which people can get support more cheaply as well. So you can refer people onto that. Very, yeah. very good advice. Mm. Well, I think that this episode is going to be very helpful to a lot of people, even people who are not professional readers. Uh, I yeah. think this is going to be good information for them, you know, because whether you're reading professionally or not, um, I think with tarot readers, our boundaries do tend to be a little squishy, which mm. makes us good at the work we do, but we need to firm mm. those boundaries up to protect us too, because uh, otherwise it can be a very draining experience. Mm, yeah. And that's why I would re- recommend if for anyone who's wanting to go pro or is pro, if you haven't already got a supervisor to perhaps consider getting one and, and by supervisor, it can mean different things, but just means choosing, having a look around in your community and seeing who's a practitioner, who's got, you know, several years of experience under their belt, who mm-hmm. you admire deeply, um, or just admire full stop. Um, who has good boundaries, who is either another tarot reader or is a psychotherapist, a psychologist or an acupuncturist, just anyone working in a modality that you have respect for that you like and ask if you can discuss certain aspects of your work in a confidential manner from time to time. I do it like every two to three months or so and and formalize it. You know, it's a tax deduction and it keeps you accountable and it makes sure that your confidentiality contract with your clients is maintained because you don't have to then debrief with friends or family. You debrief with a professional and, and they can make helpful suggestions about boundaries because through their lived experience, it's always so much to learn. Like what we've discussed today is like just the barest outline. There's so yes. much more about how to maintain boundaries. So yeah, I think supervising for me has been fantastic and a lot of the support that I'm now off able to offer other readers and just my clients, I think in general, is because I have that regular contact with a professional in that way. That's good advice too. Yeah. So Sarah, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me today about boundaries for tarot readers. Um, where can people find you? Uh, well, sarahthepsychic.com. So S-A-R-A-H-T-H-E-P-S-Y-C-H-I-C.com. I know psychic can be difficult to spell sometimes. And I'm in Newtown, Australia, Gadigal Land. I'm available by appointment only. (laughs) Awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much. And um, it's been an absolute pleasure. And that wraps up this episode of Tarot Bites. And people, you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website, thetarolady.com. I've got free introductory classes for tarot newbies, the tarot coloring book, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and lots of other goodies for you to scope out and enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening and hope you have a beautiful day. And hey, if you're digging this podcast, do me a favor. Head over to iTunes, leave a little 
kind review because that's going to help more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I love to close out by saying, pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.